With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ...and to set our hearts towards God's word. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Father God. We come to you, Father, to just love on you this morning, Father God. We come, Father, giving you the glory, Lord. Giving you the praise, giving you the honor, Lord. As we desire you this morning, Father, we just thank you, Father, that your word will manifest in our life, Father God. Your word will be spoken, Father, and set on the good ground of the hearts of your people, Lord. I just trust, Lord, that in this time, Father God, that your will shall be done and not our own, Father. Father, as we come to you, Father, reverencing this hour, Lord, as we come to you, Lord, seeking you in this hour, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for those that are found faithful, Father God, for those that are willing and obedient, Father God, to inherit the land, Father. We just thank you, Father, that your word, Father, is like a two-edged sword, Father God. So whatever you cut and whatever you divide, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you, Father God, that the words that I speak out of my mouth, Father God, is acceptable in your sight. And from my heart, Lord, I thank you, Lord, hallelujah, for choosing, Father, each and every vessel this hour, Lord, to receive your will. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen and amen. So welcome, welcome again for joining us. We are um, coming to the end of October. So in this word, we're speaking about the title is Isaac and Rebecca, Continue the Legacy. And um, we're going to go into Genesis 24, chapter 24, and I am going to be reading out of the Message Bible. And then after the Message Bible, we will study forth out of the King James Bible. So we're going to Genesis, chapter 24, um, verses 12 through 21, and then we're going to skip down to Genesis 24, Verses 61 through 67. So from the Message Bible, chapter 12 reads. So it's from the Message Bible, um, chapter 24. It reads from chapter 12. It was the evening, the time when the woman came to draw water. He prayed, O God, God of my master Abraham, make things go smoothly this day. Treat my master well. As I stand here by the spring while the young woman of the town come out to get water, let the girl to whom I say, lower your jug and give me a drink. And who answers? Drink. And let me also water your camels. Let her be the woman you have picked out for your servant Isaac. Then I'll know that you're working graciously behind the scenes of my master. It is so happened that the words were barely out of his Rebecca, the daughter of Bethuel, whose mother was Milcai, the wife of Nair, Abraham's brother, came out with a water jug on her shoulder. The girl was stunning, beautiful, a pure virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came back up. The, the servant ran to meet her and said, Please, can I have a sip of water from your jug? In 18 to 21, it says, she said, certainly, drink. And she held the jug so that he could drink. When he had satisfied his thirst, she said, I'll get water for your camels, too, until they've drunk their fill. She promptly emptied her jug into the trough and ran back to the well to fill it. And she kept it until she had watered all the camels. The man watched silently. 
was God's answer? Had God made his trip a success or not? So as we go further down in Genesis 24 through 61 and 67, as we speak about Isaac and Rebecca continuing the legacy, in 61, chapter 24, verse 61, it says, Rebecca and her young maids mounted the camels and followed the man. The servant took Rebecca and set off for home. Isaac was living in Negev. He had just come back from a visit to Beer Lahirohai. In the evening, he went out into the field. While meditating, he looked up and saw camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is that man out in the field coming towards us? He replied, That is my master. She took her veil and covered herself. After the servant told Isaac the whole story of the trip, Isaac took Rebecca into the tent of his mother, Sarah. He married Rebecca, and she became his wife, and he loved her. So Isaac found comfort after his mother's death. After his mother's death. So this is an interesting passage, and, you know, um, as we thank God for the reading of the word out of Genesis 24 and 25, um, Isaac and Rebekah completed the legacy. Um, it's just a little background uh, for chapter 24. Um, this is... Uh, just a brief summary. It, it speaks about when Abraham makes his eldest servant swear that Isaac shall not marry a Canaanite. And the Lord gives Abraham's servant to choose Rebekah as wife for, for Isaac. And it also speaks about when Rebekah is blessed by God to be the mother of thousands, of millions. And that's when Isaac marries uh, Rebekah. So in before uh, we start speaking about um, and breaking down the scripture, just want to go forth and understand that when we study the Bible, we want to understand what it means for us in the now. We want to receive rhema from what it is that it speaks about. So as I began to study, um, and first go to Ephesians, Ephesians 5, 21 and 33, and it will help us to understand where our heart should be set for desiring God. Hold on one second. So Ephesians chapter 5. I'll be reading also out of the Message Bible. Chapter 5, verse 21 through 33, it speaks about relationships. So as we know that um, Isaac married Rebecca, um, the relationships that God wants us to desire, it, comes, it has a desire that comes from him. So in Ephesians 21 through 33, it sets the heart for Understanding what marriage is and understanding what relationship is. So in verse 21, chapter 5, verse 21, out of the Message Bible, it reads, Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church not by domineering, but cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ as he exercises such leadership, wives submit likewise to your husband. Husbands, go out in your love for your wives exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty, Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her. 
dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. Verses 29-33, it reads, No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church. Since we are part of his body, and this is why a man leaves father and mother and cherishes wife, no longer two, they become one flesh. This is a huge mystery, and I don't pretend to understand it all. What is clearest to me is the way Christ treats the church, and this provides a good picture of how each husband is to treat his wife, loving himself and loving her, and how his wife is honored. And how his and how each wife is to honor her husband. So as we open up uh, Genesis 24 with that heart of knowing, even if we are not, no, it's not if we are not. We as the church, the Bible is speaking to us um, as believers. We receive it in faith. So we already know we are the church. We are. Um, God is our husbandry, and we are the bride. So when they say the mysteries of marriage, it's twofold when you want to understand what God is saying to us as him being the husbandry and we being the wives as the church. So it pretty much breaks down as you go back and read on your own devotional time, Ephesians 5 and 21 and 33. It breaks down what it is to honor God and what it is to you know, expect and how we should submit ourselves um, as God um, beloved. So as we go back to Genesis, we want to go back to Genesis 24, chapter 24, that we can better understand legacy, the legacy for Rebecca and Isaac. In the study, just understanding and how you can um, relate these relationships or this marriage or the um, understanding of who God is speaking to, um, you can liken it into when you understand relationships and marriages and you can liken it unto when you tend a funeral. And both these things... um, that I have just recently attended a marriage, my brother's marriage, and I've also had to lay rest my aunt. So understanding that these two things changes, they are the changes of family, birthing and dying. And the common things about what we want to understand about marriages and funerals as we read chapter 24, it helps us to understand how Abraham buried his wife. And here's where we have him marrying his son. He had, a, he had the opportunity to get, um, to, to actually bless his son through his marriage. And these are the stories that we want to understand that concerns Abraham's family with um, circumstances that we can all relate to um, family circumstances, marriage circumstances, and they're all related to the histories of the kingdom of the world. They're related to the things that we um, commonly come in contact with with circumstances and relationships, um, the revolution of what's going on in the world, the silence of how people are not submitting themselves to God through marriage, through the the funeral uh, in families. So as we speak about this submission, we want to focus on Isaac's marriage. Um, And that particular reference will come out of Genesis 24. And it shows us also how one generation passes away and another generation comes. It also speaks about the human nature of the covenant that must be preserved. Um, and here we can understand how Abram's care about marrying his son and the charge that he gave to the servant about it. 
his servant, um, as we will learn, his servant's journey was into Abraham's country to seek a wife for his young master um, with his own relations, amongst his own relations. And the kind providence which brought him acquainted with Rebekah, whose father was Isaac. Uh, we want to understand that the treaty of marriage with these relationships was given consent. It was obtained. It was a, a marriage that was um, ordained. It was already prepared. So as we look at marriage and we look at the loss of our loved ones, we want to take chapter 24 and understand um, how this is now affecting the kingdom, affecting how we must submit to God. It, it plays a big part in the influence on our lives in understanding the relationships that we yoke up with. So as we go back, we're going to go to King James, chapter 24, and we're going to go to verse 12, 21, as we study Isaac and Rebekah and the continuation of the legacy. In King James, it reads, And he said, O Lord, God of my master, I pray thee, send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master. He says, Behold, I stand here by the well of water and the daughters of men of the city. Come out to draw water. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, Let down the, thy pitcher. And I pray thee that I might drink, and she shall say, Drink, and I will give thy camel's drink also. Let the same be that that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac. There be, thereby shall I know that thou hast Show kindness unto my master. So we want to understand how um, in this passage, Abraham, he also speaks about his servant. And he speaks about how his servant must now begin to seek a wife for his son or seek and, and survey the land for what it is that, you know, that completes the covenant for um, his family. And as we know, Abraham being the father of our faith, uh, we are also blessed under that same covenant. So here it records his honor. And then, for example, for all servants, whom shall we be honored? Uh, we honor the Father. We honor our Lord and Savior. We honor um, the dying, even the dying of Christ. We honor that resurrection. We honor um, how Christ even came and gave his life for us. So by being a faithful servant as we serve God, we must understand how to adorn the doctrine of Christ. And in Proverbs 27 and 18, as we go to that passage, I'm going to be reading out the message of Christ. I'm sorry, I'm reading out of the King James Bible. Uh, let's see. And if we're going to Proverbs 27 and 18 so that we can see and understand the doctrine of Christ and what it means to serve our master. Going um, to chapter 27 and 18. And that's going to also be coming out of the King James Bible. So in chapter 27 and 18, it speaks about, in Proverbs, it says, Whoso keeps the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. So he that waiteth of his master shall be honored. So in that it speaks about that which we must honor, that which um, if we wait upon the Lord, if we surrender ourselves to the Lord, if we keep the doctrine that um, God has already ordained through us becoming um, reborn, us becoming like his 
his son Christ. He says that if we wait on him, they'll be honored. So in that waiting, as you look at marriages, as you look at when you um, the homegoing of your loved ones, you want to look at what it is that God is saying towards the generation that is coming and the generation um, that is leaving. So to complete a legacy, and let's look at what legacy means. Because we all are responsible and we all have been honored and chosen to live out a legacy. So in that legacy, we want to understand that legacy means the amount of money or property left to someone in the will. It's the inheritance, it's the patrimony, it's the birthright, it's the settlement, it's the endowment, it's the gift, it's the benefaction, and it's the bequest. So when we speak about legacy and we, and we look at this passage, we want to understand that we must be faithful servants. Uh, we must approve ourselves and show ourselves approved through what God has called us to manifest in the earthly realm. And without God, there it's impossible to live this life and still be a servant and honor God. Um, as we look at Genesis 24 and continue to go forth with the passage in, in 21, Genesis 24 to 21, it says that, And the man wandered at her, held, at her, held his peace, to wit whether the Lord had made his journey prosperous or not. And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, the man took a golden earring of a half a shekel weight and two braces for her hands and ten shekels weight of God and said, Whose daughter art thou? Tell me, I pray thee, is there room in thy father's house for us to lodge in? And she said unto him, I am the daughter of Bethuel and the son of Melchizedek, which she bare unto Naiah. She said, moreover unto him, we have both straw and provender enough and room to lodge. Bless, and the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Master Abraham, who have not left destitute my master's mercy and his truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. And the damsel ran and told them, of her mother's house, these things. So when we look at this passage, we want to look at how devoutly um, the servant acknowledged God in every affair. And like one of any household, which we speak about Abram's household, um, Abram commanded to keep the way of the Lord. And this passage speaks about even after many days of journey, the servant had a place of his destination. He reposed himself um, by a well of the water, and he considered how he might manage his business to the best. And this is when the servant, he acknowledged God by particularly just praying. He prayed. He petitioned for, for prosperity and good success in this affair. He said, send me the good speed in this day. And when we understand, um, when he speaks about send me good speed today, he says we have to understand that we must lead and lead particular lives. Our conduct and our care must be divine and provident in the eyes of God, in the eyes of God's people. And those that we will have good speed must pray for it. So we're not walking in the affairs of um, what God is telling us when he says be about his business. We're not going forth in the day trying to figure it out. We're not going forth in the day uh, just being tossed and thrown by every situation, by every person or place. He said we have already been given a mandate. We have already been given the way 
to understand what it is that we're living a legacy for. And if it's not of the legacy, then it's not about his business. It's not about, it's not something that we should be concerned with. It's not something that we should actually worry about. It's not anything that we can do about anything that is not of the places and the people that God said, I've ordained this affair, I've ordained this place, or I've ordained this relationship. So when the servant, he pleaded to God for the covenant with his master, he said, O God of my master Abraham, show kindness to him. And as the children of, um, of Abraham, and as we look at ourselves, as children of, of parents who teach their children the word of God, train them up in the way that shall go, we have to understand that as we serve God, there's a peculiar encouragement when we pray. When we pray and we pray for our children, we offer um, to God for them to have prosperity and success. And in 24 and 14, um, the servant poses a sign. He says, to not buy it to limit God, nor with the design to proceed no further, if he were to not gratify in it, but... It is a prayer. So this is what it was speaking, that God will provide a good wife for his young master. And this was a good prayer. He knew that a prudent wife is from the Lord. And therefore, for this, he will inquire of it and desires that the master's wife might be humble and industri- an industrious woman. It bred up to care and labor and willing to put her hand to any work. This is what it is that Abraham kind of instilled in his children. So this is what Abraham knew the legacy would fulfill. As Abraham, as Sarah, um, as we speak about the funeral, in the event that Sarah passed away and the legacy that must live, uh, that Isaac must live, this is understanding that we must seek God for whatever it is that we must have relationship for. And it goes for the same as for Isaac. But Isaac, you know, he had the the blessing of his father, as we also have the blessing of his father, of our father, our Lord and Savior and God. So it, it brought first forth the comfort. Isaac. It brought forth uh, the comfort to, as well as the belief of a good man that God's providence intends, extends itself to the smallest occurrences, and it also serves purpose. So in times we sometimes, in the event, uh, we want to understand what God is doing. And he said he calls us friends because he tells us what, what he's doing. But there's wisdom that God wants us to have in the affairs as we go forth. Um, There's a desire that when we lawfully pray and when we understand prayer, we understand the purpose of petitioning God to execute something through the earthly realm from heaven. He says it's already done in heaven. So God wants us to God's will before us is the providence. It's the direct way of our duty. It gives us indications um, that we have a Christ-like mind, that we understand his thoughts and not our own, that we know his will and do his will and not our own. And this guides us. This leads us into the plain path as it speaks about in Psalm 27 and 11. As it speaks about this pathway, this is what helps us understand and hold on to, you know, when we're desiring to be married or when we're looking at our duty in the church, uh, our position in the earthly realm is just not a duty in the church. It's just not a duty for people because God has no respect for people. When we understand the things that God is teaching us and where we're going, the journey, our destiny, in 2711, Psalm 27, 11, it says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in the plain path because of my enemies. 
this is what God wants us to understand. Anything outside of the will of God, anything that's regulated, restrained, unrestrained by the will of God is sin. So as God teaches us his way, as God leads us into the uh, affairs of our lives, he wants us to be protected. Because when we start not being led by what God is saying and what God is speaking into our life with who we yoke up with, who we uh, keep company with, we open the door for um, the enemy. But he says that he's going to teach us the way. He says he's going to lead us into a, a plain pathway just because of what's coming just because of what's been attacking generations before us, just because of what's going to continue to attack until there is um, God's word that has been made that brings the people out of captivity, brings the people out of desolation, brings generations into a place of truth. So as we continue to go forward, um, this servant, he decreed the things. And it was established to him. And according to his faith, it was brought unto what it was that Abraham sent him out to do. And the answer to his prayer, he said, Speedy before he had made an end speaking. That's in Genesis 24 and 15. As it is written, as we can go to Isaiah 65 and 24, we want to understand what it means when it says, I will hear an end of the speaking. Isaiah 25 and 14. That's the King James Bible as well. Isaiah 25 and 14, it reads, They are dead, they shall not live. They are deceased, they shall not rise. Therefore, hast thou visited and destroyed them and made all their memories, made all their memories to perish. So when it speaks about, um, we were just in Genesis, Genesis 24 and 15. It speaks about while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Um, God is forward to hear prayer. I mean, God is, uh, he, he's. He's omnipresent, so he's here, he's there, he's everywhere. So there is the understanding that when we pray, and as um, the servant prays, pray in the faith of what Abraham sent him out to do. It was according to everything that was in his heart to serve. And when he went to look for um, what it is, the legacy that was to be complete, he was given instruction. He was given instruction. And for Rebecca, um, she was well qualified in this instruction. In all respects, she answered the character to what it was as um, he wished for his son to marry a woman that was to be his wife to be his son's wife, to be Abraham's son's wife. Um, she was to be humble and industrious, very courteous, obliging to a stranger, and having all the marks of disposition. And when she came to the well in 24 and 16, she went down and filled her pitcher and came up to go home with it. She did not stand to gaze upon the strange man, the servant, and his camels, but minded her business and would not have been diverted from it, but an opportunity of doing good. She did not curiously nor confidently, confidently enter into the discourse with him. So she was continuing about her father's business. She was continuing about 
what it is her father, who is God, was, you know, had petitioned her to do whatever it was her duties was. She would continue to walk out her duties and what it was she was already doing. So the servant found her doing the things that God told her to do. And sometimes our own prayers of faith and gratify the innocence of our desires when we pray for people, even in little things, that he may sh- that God may show his extent of his care. And he gives us encouragement when we seek to understand what God is saying about the things that he's either showing us, telling us, or he wants us to observe. He gives us the courage. He, he says, be strong and courageous at all times. So we must continue to seek him and trust him and take heed of being overbold in what it is that God is telling us, what it is that God is showing us. And he said, even when we get weak in our faith, he said he'll strengthen it. And it's also when God is also speaking to us to, he said it's good to take opportunities of showing to humble yourself. God wants us to know that we should be courteous. We should be charitable. We must have this disposition because sometime or other, we're going to have to know that um, it may turn more to our honor and our benefit than we think. Um, we have angels encamped around us just as well as Rebecca had angels encamped around her. But quite beyond her understanding and her expectation at this time was what brought her into um, the understanding of that she was being, she was actually being um, foresaw for purpose. She was being, she was the completion of what it was that Abraham wanted the servant to observe. And in 24 and 21, it speaks about waiting to ourselves, both in duty and in comfort, by neglecting to observe what God has sent us into, who God has called us to um, make covenant with or affairs with, the places that God has told us to tread our feet upon. Um, It must become that relationship that God has spoken from himself. It must become something that God has given us understanding. When we look at our family, when we look at what it is that our family is going through, when we look at the places that God is speaking our family into and out of, and we've been the chosen one. So as servants, it's on us to help our family to understand and those places and people, not even just our family, but help us are the people and the assignments that God has given us to understand that we live by faith. And the prayer helps us to seek direction for what is suitable, for what it is that we must now live as a legacy. We must acknowledge God in particular thanksgiving. He, um, he says he ha- he's not a respectable person. But in the gratitude that we have, in the um, in, in Genesis twenty four through twenty two, as a servant acknowledged God in thanksgiving for uh, what it is that His assignment was, he respected Re- Rebecca and what it is that she was doing in the work that she was doing. He even actually. Uh, he actually, let's see what it says in 24 and 22. In 24 22, it says, When the camels came, camels had finished drinking, the man brought out gifts and gold nose ring, weighing a little over a quarter of an ounce, and two arm braces weighing about four ounces, and gave them to her. He asked her, Tell me about your family. Whose daughter are you? Is there room in your father's house for us to stay tonight? And so in him speaking, and he's really actually, um, he's speaking to understand his assignment. He's really asking questions that will help him to understand who she is and that she is the wife for Isaac. And at this time, in 26 and 27, it says, at this, the man bowed and worshipped before God and prayed. 
Blessed be the God of my master, Abraham. How generous and true you have been to my master. You held nothing back. You led me right to the door of my master's brother. And this is when Rebecca was just explaining um, that she had a brother um, in 29 and 31. We didn't go into it, but she was speaking about her brother Laban and how, you know, um, he said, go ahead and tell us about these things when she was speaking to him. And the servant said that in 34, we didn't go there, but and the servant was just basically saying, I'm the servant of Abraham, and God has blessed my master as a great man. And he was telling him that, um, and then to top it off, his mother Sarah being the master's wife, which is Abraham, he said, my master made me promises. Don't get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land he lived. So he says he speaks about he giving him the understanding of what his uh, what his servanthood is, what it is that he's supposed to go out and, and actually accomplish and um, and see forth that it comes to pass. So as we continue to go forth um, in Genesis 24 and 27. When God wants us to observe, when God wants us to uh, surrender in a way that we now understand what our assignment is, what our God-given calling is, what our purpose is, when God favors is coming towards us, we must meet them with praises. We must begin to bless God for the success that he say, he tell us great and mighty things that we did not know, but he also say he tells us a thing before it happens. So when it happens, we'll know that it was him that spoke it. So when we come into the place where the manifestation of what it is that we were in faith for, it has come to pass. He said we must now, we should be thankful. We should be thankful for even if it's not for us, we should be thankful for um, those that we encounter, those affairs that he has us to encounter, the places he has us to go, he said, give thanks. Give thanks for those things. Even in the loss of life, he said, give thanks for being able to bear witness to his works, to bear witness to his wonders, because even in funerals, when it's time for home going of a loved one, he wants us to understand that we in the land of the living. So if we live and we still got purpose, so when he brings us together, it's not to just weep and grieve the Holy Spirit, but we must also pay attention to what God is trying to establish. We must also pay attention that he's bringing generations together when the passing of a loved one. He's bringing that covenant relationship to help us to understand now now that we go forth, what has our loved one left? What has what is the what do you say, the legacy? Children's children. What is the wisdom that, that they left? And it what if it was, then we continue to build on that. We keep those in our heart. And we release everything else that does not belong. So as we go forth, um we must acknowledge that God um, is the author. God is the finisher of our faith. He promised through Abraham, um, he said that he'll build up our families. He says that in that providence of where we're working, we're working towards to accomplish what it is that Abraham has blessed us with. Through Abraham, being the faithful one, the faithful things that he has done. And as we take a look, um, I just want to go take a look at this passage. It also helps us to understand in verses 62 to 67, it helps us to understand how Isaac came. We're just going to actually go there. If you skip down to verse 62 to 67, it says that Isaac came from the way of the well in chapter 24. Genesis chapter 24, 62 to 67. And this is when 
all the preparation, all the servant understood his assignment. The assignment was complete. Now this is the marriage. And it speaks about if Isaac came in 62, or 61, Our study is from 61 to 67. And Rebecca arose, and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. This is the servant she followed. And the servant took Rebecca and went his way. Rebecca, in this time here, is leaving her father's house. And the servant actually leading her to the place where God or Abraham has already done, um, you know, told him what it is to look for. Now he's bringing back the result of what it is. In Rebecca's relationship, there was some um, unusual expressions of kindness for, and, and natural affection for her to just up and leave her house. But she had to trust in something. She had to trust in what it was that was in her heart towards what the servant was saying after they had this conversation. Because if he came any other way, if he came with what it is without being in faith from who he was serving, which was Abraham, if he came with his own knowledge and own wisdom, not making that relationship with Rebecca. Rebecca wouldn't have followed him. So it was what it was that the servant followed through with because God knows what it is that we want. And those things that we want is not going to come by who we think or what it is that we know all the time. It comes in mysterious ways. God is very strategic. So when he have us in relationships, when he have us in his covenant, he wants us to understand what it is that, like the word says, teach. He wants to teach us the way because some things and some people and some places he sends us is not going to agree with what it is that we're speaking and what it is that we have been assigned to. So as if we continue to look at this marriage, it says in 62, and Isaac came from the way of the well, they I rode for he dwelt in the south country, 63, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field at the Evertide, and he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent, into his mother Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife. And he loved her, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's, mother's death. Isaac and Rebekah are at length happy brought together. So as we understand this, is that not 62 and 67? That does complete to study, but as we understand that Isaac was well employed when he met Rebecca. He went out to meditate. He went out to pray in the field. And in Genesis 24, 62 to 63, some may think he expected the return of his servants about that time when he went out, but so purposely he went out to meet them. He went out on another errand to take advantage of the silent evening of that solitary field. He went out to meditate. He went out to pray. He went out for those things that he trusted um, God for. He said God and what is in his heart. He understand that meditation and prayer, um, the both was about the delight to have in the presence of God. We must understand that when we meditate and when we pray um, and we want to acquaint ourselves and submit ourselves, we want to secure that interest. And we need not want or matter either way that comes against what it is that we are actually standing in petitioning and meditating for. 
we must also understand that our meditation and our prayer, it frees and it opens up perspectives in the heavenly realm. So when it's time for us to, as I go back to the beginning, what this passage speaks about in relationships and, you know, our duties and our responsibilities in the kingdom and us being the bride, when we understand when it's time for marriage or time for the um, the home going or the, the, the laying of our loved one, we must know that There is, um, we must know that there is, uh, as we go back to Ephesians 5 and 21, there is a reverence that we must have for one another. Out of respect because we honor God, because we honor Christ. It speaks about it in Ephesians. And as you go back to it, it says, no one abuses his own body. So that we must now know that Christ treats us as the church. We are part of his body. And this is why it speaks about, as it goes back to it, the man shall leave his mother and father because as we become one with Christ, and Christ sits at the right-hand side of the father, there's an expectation. There is a responsibility that we must have that continues to show the love that makes us whole, that continues to show how God's word um, stresses us. Even as she was being prepared for her husband, there was a servant. There was a word that was sent to her. And God is speaking to us in this time, and he's telling us to understand that he's given us the armor. He's given us everything. He's dressed us just as she was being dressed. He gave us his son. It was a passage that I have found that I cannot find. But let's see. It actually gave the understanding of how Isaac and um, Jesus was just the same in a lot of ways. It spoke about how um, spoke about how they were both given the same name, their mission their vision, how they both fulfill certain things. So even in us having that, um, us being reborn and us living a life for Christ, we have what it is to live out the inheritance, to live the legacy that is spoken about in passage. Nope, I can't find it, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. But even as we look at our own lives and we look at what it is that God has called us to do in our families, what it is that God has called us to um, understand that when we pray, when we're meditating, when we serving God as a servant, God has sent us look at the people, to look at his people, to look at the places that he's called us in, because that's what brings oneness unto the body. That is what brings oneness unto, as you say, many members fitly joined together by what we all supply. There's many members, there's many churches, there's many um, bodies that know. It's one body, but there's many organizations that as we come together to understand that we are all the bride, as we come together and understand in our family that um, our family is a part of what it is that God has already placed a mandate on our life, we can better understand and identify what that covenant relationship looks like in marriage. Um, and very shortly, um, just to break down uh, Genesis 24 and 25, Rebecca 24 and 65, I'm sorry, it says, For she had said unto the servant, What man is that that walk in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. But when she covered herself, she did not reproach Isaac for not coming to her, to fetch her, at least to meet her in a day's journey, 
but she knew that not knowing who um, exactly who this man was, it was the, the protection of her knowing that what was already being prepared and what she had, um, she was behaving herself for um, being able to understand that her covering herself was the token of a humility. It was her token to God of being modest. It was the subjection that she brought herself into. So even in the face of um, women being single, it's not just a passage about marriage and husband and wife. It's the covenant. It's the relationship. It's it's, it's what God has ordained for the oneness of, of unity in the body. In the body, what is, what is the, um, the saying or the passage about when the enemy comes, if he takes the head, the body will fall, or however that goes, when you look at the body of Christ, and it's not in unity. The enemy comes to divide. So he can't get the head because the head is, you know, at the right side of God, the head is the is who we are. The head is Christ. So if we are continuing to live our lives as the body, as the wife, when Christ returns, he's going to come back looking for what God has already given us to walk out in a legacy, what Abraham has already blessed us with. He's going to come back looking for the church. He's going to come back looking for how the servant dressed up Rebecca. He's going to come back looking for what it is that, you know, we must now begin to understand God's correction. We must be subject and submit ourselves in a way where we know that our lives is not in vain. Um, Another thing I just wanted to add before we end the call, uh, as Isaac and Rebecca were brought together, there was a mutual comfort. Um, there was an affection that Isaac was being fulfilled in because, as we, as we know, his mom passed. Sarah died. So there was an affection that he was fulfilled when he married Rebecca. It was about... Um, it was later after she had died, but there was a comfort and there was a consolation that gave him um, the spirit of understanding to live on. There was a healing that took place. So we never know what it is that God is intentionally and what he has already um, intentioned and given us motive in until we walk out what it is that God has told us to walk out. So as this is the call, just understand that those that have approved themselves well in the relationship, in the affairs that God has called us in, it's what we hope for. It's the thing that God um, continues to do over and over. It's over and over. It's the duty of our relationship. Make your calling and election sure. Despite the good fight of faith, and then when it's done, there's a comfort in relationships that we must enjoy. There's a mutual love that governs. And that's what God is commanding us to um, receive in this time is a blessing. And he's commanding us to receive the blessing, to live in the blessing. The blessing blesses. So at this end, the call continue to um, continue to study in the passage uh, Genesis chapter 24, 12 to 21, as well as 61 to 67, as well as the uh, devotion, Ephesians 5, 21 and 33. Um, we have joined and tuned in to the mega prayer, I'm sorry, to the broadcast of Message of Christ Church. We thank you for joining us for our Sunday school. Um, continue to go forth in prayer, to continue to meditate in the word um, that was given today. If you have any questions or concerns pertaining to the ministry, please do call in, even if you have prayer requests in this time. 
please do call in at uh, 773-609-2071. Continue to visit the website. We encourage you to um, visit the website and messageofchrist.net as well as sylviastaplesministries.com. As this end the broadcast, um, I pray God's blessing is uh, multiplied in your life. Every seed that has been sown in the hearts of you today, um, God bless you as a vessel. In Jesus' name, we thank you for joining us, and we um, ask that you do join us tomorrow for a 6 a.m. Uh, mega prayer. God bless you. Have a great day. We love you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.